Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Chevalier Mortgage. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com where you can get signed up for a free consultation and to discuss all of your options as well as get free DNVR merch. Check it out today. I'm sure you've heard about the great mortgage rates out there right now, but Mike and Virginia are not your typical mortgage company. Yes, they do have the phenomenal rates, but what makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner and looks at so much more than just rate when designing your home loan. Plus, they're a small family-owned company just like us here at DNVR, so you'll always feel like a person and not a number. Again, head on over to dnvrmortgage.com and check them out today. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook out there. I am your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley, here to talk to y'all about everyone's least favorite topic in sports, referees and steroids. <laughs> eh, is that everyone's least favorite topic? That's only baseball's least favorite topic, yeah. I think. They're the only ones who... Uh actually view it as a problem yeah all the other leagues are like it's cool fire away boys just don't do it publicly and we don't care (laughs) don't do it in front of the media guys come on yep so not i mean who knows we may end up getting into steroids today this this podcast could go anywhere um but the main topic around the nhl obviously referee tim peel no longer refing NHL games after the incident the other day where he was caught on a hot mic talking about wanting to give Nashville a penalty. The official statement from the NHL, nothing is more important than ensuring the integrity of the game. Tim Peel's conduct is in direct contradiction to the adherence to that cornerstone principle that we demand of our officials and that our fans, players, coaches, and all those associated with our game expect and deserve. There is no justification for his comments, no matter the context or his intention, and the National Hockey League will take any and all steps necessary to protect the integrity of our game. So... Tim Peel. So we were wrong last night when we said that. Uh, were I guess we? I was wrong. Were we? I said that uh, they would probably. I I didn't think that they would publicly acknowledge 
any kind of punishment or that it would be like, here's a month suspension yeah. or something. I guess it kind of is a month suspension. Yeah. He was retiring at the end of the year. Officially was going to retire on April 24th anyway. This allows him to keep his pension and uh, to do his thing. You know, he just he just retires a month early. Yep. So not really that big of a deal for him. And the NHL gets to say that they took swift and decisive action and that they care so much about the integrity of their game. So everybody in the situation kind of wins. I mean, Tim Peel has to retire a little early, but otherwise he's totally fine. Um, the NHL gets to look like it did a thing. There are some angles to this, though, that I want to get into. For sure. First of all, Bruno, have you ever said something stupid? Oh my god. Can go watch any episode of this podcast. I guess that's true. <laughs> we both we both we both say a lot of dumb shit on the show over the yeah. oh, oh, when you have to do a show five days a week. I just the idea that he's essentially getting fired for It's uh, saying something on a getting caught on a hot mic. It's not that it's it's not that he Yeah, it's certainly frustrating that the straw that breaks the camel's back is some words instead of a decade of incompetence. Yeah. It like some and it was so interesting because Matt Duchesne went on the radio in Nashville today and said he was talking to Philip Forsberg when he said that. So it wasn't like he was like trying to hide it. Yep. He, he was, was letting telling Nashville know, yeah, a Nashville Predator player that he was trying to get something on Nashville. As a, so I'm just assuming that that this it's always been like this. Yeah, I, I think it has. I, I don't think. NHL players are surprised by that type of thing, certainly. I mean, they know the score. Right. Well, I mean, if he's saying it, if he's just outright telling the bench, like, look, I was trying to get something for on you guys. I I mean, the, this is a common thing. There's no way that's the first time he's ever done it. Uh, this has to be a really normal thing. I don't understand why this will be. I, I don't know. The... The thing that he's he's being punished for getting caught, not for what he did. Yep, one hundred. That, that he accidentally got caught on the hot mic was his grand mistake here, not what he said in the first place. Because what he said in the first place was apparently so common that every player has just kind of been like, "Yeah, that's how it goes." Yep. It's. I mean. I, 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 but it's I part do, of reality. It, it, I'm just, I'm just a little. I don't know. I guess, I guess I'll say I'm a little uncomfortable with a hot mic moment being like this huge gotcha for the NHL. Yeah. It, what's the saying? If you catch someone stealing from you, it's not the first time they've stole. It's the first time you caught them. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely a bit reactionary when it comes to that type of thing. When, as as Chat has said a million times already in this show, this is the quiet part out loud, right? Mm -hmm. 
everybody knows this goes on. Yeah. And it's it speaks to the frustration of what they of game management. You know, like game management when I don't mind game management when it's a regular season game, especially uh, there's two ten games, minutes left and it's out of hand or whatever. Yeah, two games of two teams have been super duper heated, and guys are starting to run around and throw dangerous hits and throw all caution to the wind. You know they're 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 brazenly out there trying to hurt guys now, and then they start kicking guys out. Ten minute penalties. You know the the referees are de-escalating and all that. That is the kind of game management I'm good with. Right. It, there is, as you said, there's so many angles to this, right? Like on the one facet in a situation like that, part of a referee's job is to protect the players mm-hmm. and referees have to do what they have to do in that regard. But then you also have this other side of the game where it's absolutely true in every sport not just hockey that human beings have their tendencies and it's not a coincidence that certain players take more penalties than others, whether that's because Nikita Zadorov is big. Yeah. Or Tom Wilson puts himself in consistently dangerous situations on the other yeah, like those those things follow those guys for reasons. Yeah, not to not to get the Tom Wilson crowd after me because I know that those people are intense in their devotion to Tom Wilson. On the same side of the coin, this is almost a decade ago now. Dennis Weidman runs into a referee, mm. and Calgary goes from the least called penalty team in the league to the most called penalty team in one year's time. Now, I'm not forgiving what Weidman did. It's pretty well agreed upon that he ran into that referee on purpose. Yeah, didn't he also have a concussion? Like, yeah, he wasn't he also like, like his head is just pinballed off the ice? Yeah, yeah, and there was a great chance he was totally blacked out when that happened. Yep, that was a weird situation, man. That was unlike anything I'd ever seen. That's yeah. That was just because, like, there's a good chance that guy had just gotten his brain scrambled and he didn't he didn't know what was he didn't really know what was going on, and. It just kind of compounded everything. Yep. But anyway, yeah. Um, the human bias stuff is always interesting. Uh, I think we see it really more in the NBA than any other league For where sure. you know that a, an official like Tony Brothers like hates Nikola Jokic. <laughs> and like everybody in Denver knows this story. If you're familiar with the Nuggets at all, you know all about Nikola Jokic versus Tony Brothers, and like, it's unex- it's unacceptable that one a referee acts that way. Uh, but but two that the league would ever put that guy assign that guy to a Nuggets game again. Yep. You know, human human bias and and like this guy is not going to like that guy or whatever. That's not something you can remove because people are involved. Yeah, but everybody involved has to be a professional. You can't be calling penalties 
because you don't like guys. You know, Nazem Kadri, we saw last year, Nazem Kadri got multiple embellishment penalties because he's Nazem Kadri. Kadri. Yeah. And like Kadri tries to sell calls. He still does it all the time. And it makes it makes when he draws a penalty, you know, you, you know that a referee has to feel like, did he get me on that one? Won't like get fooled every, again kind of feels. You yeah. know he's watching the replay on the big board after he calls it, and he's like, this is legit, right? Because those guys don't want to look stupid if they, yeah. if they get a call sold to them. So, you know, like last night, last night was probably a good example of that because they had to go back and review the Nathan McKinnon penalty and watch brazen, blatant, open ice interference take place but they weren't allowed to call it after the fact. So they just had to pretend it didn't happen. And so then as a result of that, they're looking for a penalty to call against Arizona at some point in the game. Yep. And it's like, it's frustrating because like, that's the stuff that, that gets you where you're like, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be looking for these things. Right. Then in a perfect world, there is no connection between any plays, right? Each play is its own individual event that has yeah. nothing to do with the next. The The idea that you have to keep the power plays even or that the, the officials even owe teams penalties because, oh, they've had five power plays and we've had one. Well, they owe us at least one here. Come on. And they start looking for one. No. If a team is committing a bunch of penalties, you call them and you just let it ride. And the other side of that coin is NHL players are extremely adaptable. If you're calling something mm. by the start of the second period, the NHL teams will know not to do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I saw, so I saw a tweet that said the best time the league, the best officiated the league has ever been was immediately after the lockout when they called everything. Yep. And, and there were tons of power plays. And but just stop doing it for a exactly. while. Exactly. And then it was like, okay, well, you stop, you figure it out. You figure that out. Yep. And they, it's on them to adapt. You know, you remember it's on the, it's on players to adapt to the environment that they're in. Remember when a goaltender's puck handling was important. And then the trapezoid came in and now it's just like, whatever, just don't just, Stop it with the paddle and let your defenseman come and pick it up. You don't need to move it. Yep. And then you see a guy like Mike Smith who's constantly trying to play the puck, and it's just like, jeez. This is crazy, right? Like, <laughs> but goalies have learned. Anymore, like, yeah. goalies, goalies have learned, okay, well, they're puck handling. Like, if, you can, if they can handle one, great. But otherwise, it's just not a thing anymore because the game changed, and they adapted. Yep. And – Shit, goalies are arguably better than ever at what they should be good at. Yeah. Stop making pitchers hit. Oh, I love pitchers hitting. Ugh. Look, pitchers who can rake, appreciate it. Stop <laughs> making them hit. More Shohei Otanis, please. Yeah, I'm all about that, man. That's great for the game. But stop making it happen. Uh, anyway, point is, they'll adapt. Call the, call, call the games as they're supposed to be called. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I do want to get a little bit deeper into that conversation and this conversation going on in chat right now, but we do need to take our first period break as we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR, also the official seltzer of DNVR. You can get their 15 can sampler pack at a local liquor store near you. Be sure to use their Breck beer locator online. They're great. I, they taste great. They make great products. I don't know what else to tell you about them. Breckenridge Brewery. We love them over here. Go on and get them where you can. We are also brought to you by Gabby Insurance. That's G-A-B-I Insurance. You can visit them at gabby.com slash DNVR to check out how much you can save on insurance, both home and auto. On average, people save $961 a year from Gabby. Be sure to check it out. It's completely free to check, and they don't sell your information or anything like that, so it's secure as well. Highly recommend them. Check them out. Save more money than your average bear, but hopefully less money than D-Line Co. Because you've made mistakes if you saved as much money as D-Line Co. on your, your insurance. Or I guess we came to the conclusion that uh, if you have a scooter, you can save a lot, a lot of money on your insurance. So he actually said that it does have to do with his scooter, but not his scooter being insured. He is driving so much less because of his scooter that it's like the miles that he's saving per year or something like that is what's causing that uh, big difference. I don't All right. Know. So if you've been driving less, which I imagine many of us have given, you know, the whole pandemic situation, <laughs> it'll save you a ton of money. Can also sign up for a DNVR membership. Highly recommend it. You come to the DNVR lounge. You can talk to us, hang out with a bunch of amazing people with chat rooms for every single Colorado sport. Yo, imagine when you come down to the DNVR bar, you get the member beer. Boom. I'm saying Breckenridge Brewery, 22 ounce beers. Why not jump on it? Look, I, it's worth the price of admission to be part of the DNVR fam. That's all I'm going to say about it. The amazing content, the amazing coverage, the amazing people. I I don't know how else to sell this to you. It's it's dope. Come be a part of it. Second period. I agree with Ryan. This this uh the the cabby insurance thing <laughs> with with Eric is just getting more and more elaborate every time we tell this story. Yeah, you know, we gotta we gotta dunk on D line where we can, all right. Hold the W's. If we're the referees, we got D line's number before the game even starts. All right. That's right. That's He's just out. that's just the reality of it. Um I'm this calling him for every touch foul. Yeah, exactly. So this comment by uh by Billy up here a little bit that I wanted to talk about. Um the difference is that the NBA overprotects their stars. Look who draws yeah. the ridiculous fouls. I mean, this makes sense to a certain extent, right? Like, of course, every sports league is going to want to protect and give opportunity to their biggest players. Well, and we also saw uh, Christopher Stieg recently talked about this, um, yep. you know, where he was talking about McDavid and said, protect our stars. Yeah. Why should be protecting the stars? These guys take more abuse than any star players in the world because they, I mean, look at how the NFL has changed the game over the last 20 years. 
to protect quarterbacks. Quarterbacks more more. aren't getting murdered anymore. Right. Yeah. Quarterbacks are getting to play into their 40s because they're more protected than ever. Tom Brady goes down, you know, has a knee injury one time in his career because a guy hits him low and they change the rule forever. So you can't hit guys low anymore. They, they, you know, they have, they figured out quarterbacks sell. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, they, they have figured out in the NBA that people, people are a lot more into the idea of watching LeBron play, you know, 40 minutes a night and, Rather, rather than, and with the NHL, get just get abused like Michael Jordan was in the eighties. And again, I think there's two angles here. One, the NHL of the Big Four is by far the worst in marketing their stars. <laughs> no soap operas, right? <laughs> God. So, I mean, look, I have a tweet less than 24 hours ago of a picture of three pictures of Nathan McKinnon driving the net, taking stick to the hands, a slash across the waist and a hold. And there's no penalty called pick one. Yeah. There were two that I thought were particularly egregious. The stick across the hands on the wall. I'm like, yep. Every time that gets called, we always say they always call that. Yep. Except when it happens to McKinnon. Yep. And uh, the other side of this coin is when the pendulum swings too far the other way. Sure. And like you could say that the NBA has gone too far, right? Yep. But you would rather be going too far to protect your star players than not. Agreed. I would rather I would rather they be protecting McDavid and McKinnon and Sidney Crosby and you know the stars of the game. The guys who drive the excitement in the game. You want those guys cutting through the middle and putting defenders on posters. You want that to happen. That's the stuff that makes your league go. It's not the tug on the hands where they lift the stick and now, okay, well, that's a smart penalty. Now let's put that guy in the box. And hopefully the power play that doesn't move around and doesn't do anything except, you know, Let's pass the puck and hope that this one timer goes in. You know, maybe that works. You want to you want to push the speed and skill. I would much rather they overprotect their stars than what they do now. I, would they let their stars just take abuse at the expense of letting them do what they do best? I agree, but where's the line? Uh, I where, mean, you have to find it. You have to find right. it. And and the NHL certainly has not. I think there's a good argument that the NBA has. You can't have LeBron James literally walking down the court without dribbling and him just, it'd just be fine. You can't have the Lakers in a conference finals complain about not getting enough calls and then get double the calls in the next game. Yeah. It So there is absolutely a limit, but the NHL is nowhere close to that limit, whatever it may be at the moment. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're too far away from that line. Yep. You want to find the balance, but right now they're, they're way on the wrong side of it. Yeah. 100%. They, they have to find it and they haven't. (laughs) 
James James Harden is a horrible, horrible example of <laughs> the NBA protecting its stars because he basically was just like, here's a thing that I can do to exploit the rule book and how they want to call the game, and I'm going to make an entire career out of well, it. And that's, that's the other side of it. That is something I struggle with is what is on the referees versus what is on the rule book and what is the intention from the league because you can take any sport take football you look at the rule book pick a lineman you could call holding on every single play every single one yeah so the league has to you know address it with their referees and say yeah don't call it call it lax I hate it. I absolutely hate it. With the NHL, the rule book, particularly when it comes to reviews, which is another thing I want to get into, but covering the NHL pretty in depth, there are a number of situations in the rule book where I feel like there needs to be more clarity. There needs to be definition. And until that definition is there, you're going to see these gray areas that things are up to the ref's discretion. Yeah. And when you leave things up to the ref's discretion, you're going to get inconsistency. You're just asking. Yeah. Well, and every guy is going to look at it and kind of have their own interpretation of what they do or don't like. Yep. That I don't see how I don't see how you ever avoid that. Um you you can't avoid I it mean, entirely, but you can pare it down. Yeah, I mean, in the ideal, sure. I, the inconsistency. We always talk about the inconsistency of things and how that's always the most frustrating. And I understand that inconsistency is going to happen, but tick goalie interference. Yeah. There isn't a person mm. on planet Earth that knows what is and what isn't goalie interference. Yeah, it's true. Because you could put 50 guys who have spent their whole lives watching hockey or working hockey or covering hockey or whatever and show them five different clips and they'll all be all over the board on whether or not that's interference or not. Yep. So there is inconsistency and then there's a poorly defined rule. Yeah. I mean, there's like... (laughs) goalie, Goalie interference is probably the best example because we have absolutely no idea. That's the extreme on anything that gets called, right? Like you, you, you have a pretty good idea. Things like hooking, high sticking, slashing, holding, you have a solid idea of what those look like when you see them. Yep. But goaltender interference at this point, nobody has any idea. Yeah. And, but that even, even this is hard too, right? Because, the one thing the NHL is absolutely doing by the book, according to the rules, T to T, no discretion to the best of their ability, is offside. And everybody despises it. Yeah. So the difference between offsides and icing. Oh, boy. Where if an offside, if, if an offside it's happens, millimeter. Say, yeah. <laughs> And they miss it, and everybody's just kind of like, 
let's you gotta go through the review. We're splitting the atom. They scored the We're, goal 35 seconds later. Where yeah, we are anyway. Yeah, we are going back 35 seconds. We're gonna we're gonna nope. All it was is this guy's skate was a quarter inch in front of the line. It took us 17 minutes to review it because we couldn't get a good look at it because we're using the third camera ever made by humans. Yeah, and right? for some reason, it's still the one that we're using on the blue line. But here we go, baby. Let's do this thing. And then on icing, the guys the, the guy the guy will be a step in front, step maybe a step behind the red line. But if he's and if he's a rookie, it's icing. And if he's Patrick Marlowe, it's good to go, baby. Yeah. And they're just like eyeballing it where they're like, that's eh, good. We're good. <laughs> well, and it's just like what the, what is the difference here? So I mean, I guess the point that I'm trying to make here is that it goes just beyond the referees. It comes down to rule makers as well. The, oh yeah. As as we're rolling out the greatest hits of NHL terrible rules here, icing exists in the format that it does, and knocking the puck out of the rink from your defensive zone is a penalty. What? Yeah. And everybody, every I hate this argument because I'm we're right on this one. There's a logical answer to this one, and then there's the people who are like. Do you remember 90s hockey? And it was like, yeah, we went back and watched a shitload of it during the pandemic, and I was counting. Uh, it was not. It was not a thing. Delay of game. Delay of game was a stupid penalty. the The argument of of fan safety. I don't really have like a strong counterpoint there, other than it just doesn't. It just doesn't happen that often. If you cared about fan safety so much that you don't want players lightly flipping pucks into the stands, then you would definitely not also be okay with whatever shots that are getting ricocheted into the middle of the in middle of the arena going out of there. Because yep. all of those are happening at a lot higher velocity than pucks flipping and, or players flipping the pucks over the glass like that. And the they, don't, the day, they just don't happen that often. You could have Full netting around the entire rink if you're worried about fan safety. Yeah, and you'll, televisions would hate it because you'd be looking through that netting all game long. But I don't, I mean, what do you do? Yep. No, and I think mandatory visors is good for the league. Yeah, agreed. You protect your, your that's a basic player protection. I don't, I mean, I would be completely fine if they had everybody full cages and bubbles like they do in college. That wouldn't bother me at all. Protecting your players is good. If, if Jacob Chikrin had a full cage or some last night, Nathan McKinnon hitting him in the face like that probably doesn't break his nose. With helmets on, a player died in Russia not two weeks ago. Sports are dangerous, all right? You can never you can never fault anything that boils down to player safety within reason, in my yeah. opinion. Definitely. Helmets, pads, all those types of things. No, I don't think there's any real argument against that type of thing. Yeah, I would be I would it it really would not bother me if they 
instituted a uh, full cage, whatever, just to protect faces and heads even better. Yep. Insulate those. I mean, how many how many different versions of helmets has the NFL gone through as they try and find ones that reduce brain injuries? You have to protect these guys. It's not just about protecting them during their playing days. You want to try to minimize as much damage later on in life as all these guys suffer. You don't want these guys at 45 years old struggling to get out of bed because, you know, they didn't play with a visor or whatever because that's just not what you did or whatever dumb reason existed. Protect your guy. Protect these guys. I would be totally fine with a full cage. Yep. A bubble. Let, let them choose. A bubble or a full cage, but a full sure. protection of the head area. Yeah. Including. It just wouldn't, you know. And then guys going down to block shots, there's no risk of what happened to Matt Calvert. I mean, you there's know, no risk there, but yes. But I mean, I, you're I not getting you're the. Saying. It's 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 rattling the cage or it's hitting the bubble. It's not. It's not, not hitting taking, skin. Yeah. yeah, he's not taking a puck to the teeth or something. You know, or to, uh, to his face. Yeah, or whatever. Like that danger just goes away. The high sticking the the high sticking penalties. You know, do you remember? Do you remember against Anaheim several years ago when McKinnon took a stick to the eye? And the people who were on ice level could hear him screaming, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, my eye. Yep. I remember that shit because it was horrifying. Yep. Protect these guys. I'm, I'm all about it. I am all about, like, protecting these. Yeah. the This is what I'm saying. If, if you don't, like, some players prefer bubbles and some prefer cages. I don't care. Let them right. choose. Yep. But I would be, I would have no issues. They would hate it. But it's good. It, it would protect them. I, I mean, here's the thing, and and this was the same case with the visor. This was, to a certain extent, the same case with the rule changes. It, they would hate it at first, but in five years, the next generation of players will have grown up playing hockey, not knowing anything else. Yeah, like today's players would definitely hate it. I, you know, when uh, when Ian Cole got beat up by Tom Wilson a couple of years ago, and he had to wear the bubble for a little while there. He really struggled with it. It was yep. a major adjustment for him. But if if they had to if they had to figure it all out, I mean, you've had. I mean, do you, do you remember um, Brian Perard had the eye injury where he couldn't like that guy was off to an amazing start to his career, and he ended up having a good and productive career. He came back from that. Le Perrier, Ian Le Perrier ultimately had to end his career because yeah. of eye issues as well because of the eye stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I'm. I, I will I I don't I don't think there's any movement inside the game for this. I don't think yeah, there's any push for it. Yeah. But it was asked in chat and I it wouldn't it, it would not in any way bother me as the guy not playing the game. <laughs> of course. Easy for me to say that. But just saying, like there's enough. There are enough injuries there that we see, and guys are taking sticks to the mouth and the face and pucks, and you know, it just feels like, boy, if you wanted to avoid this, you really could. So, AJ, are you saying wrap it before you tap it? Uh, totally. Okay. I'm always telling people that. It's one of my favorite sayings. Now. I would go one step further, AJ. And before you're wrapping anything, you're going to want to shave it. Maybe bathe it. 
get it smelling right. Is this like is this like a manscaped version of Bop It? <laughs> All right, don't ever twist it though. <laughs> don't kink shame. <laughs> Head on over to Manscaped. Get your grooming products for below the belt. You can get 20% off when you use code DNVR and free shipping as well when you get the perfect package 3.0. Highly recommend you check them out. They have products for everyone, even if it's not for below the belt. I really love their lawnmower just for trimming my beards, to be honest. So give it a go today. You can check out all of their products, whether it be deodorant, whether it be their shave mats. They got you covered one way or another. Be sure to get on it with Manscaped. Supporting our partners is supporting us. We are also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there that is giving you the chance to win $100 for a $1 bet with any game left in March Madness. Bet on any team. doesn't matter if they're the favorite or the underdog. You can bet $1 and win 100 when you sign up for a new account with code DNVR. Yeah, he was he was definitely getting a little adventurous right there. No, I okay, so just to just to explain for people watching is this I didn't mean to do that on camera, but <laughs> I have multiple of the water bottles and then I also have the big one and so I'm just combining what's left of the water and the little ones into the big one. All right. So what that's like people funneling their stimmy checks into new DraftKings sportsbook accounts to get these amazing deals, right? That's what's going on there. Mm-hmm. It's a live uh, live example. Head on over there. Got get, one today. Get your amazing odds boosts. Win yourself some money. Get all on it with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that DNVR code when you sign up for a limited time only. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And yes. finally, Smart Water is delicious. Really? Yeah. Sorry. I I only picked it up like a year or two ago. I'm not. I don't love it. I'm. Yeah. I, I've never been like I hated Propel as a kid too. Oh, gross, dude! Flavored water has never been my thing. Really. Oh yeah, no, this is not flavored. It's just the normal. Yeah, no, I don't mess with that. That's disgusting. All right. Look, the Capri Sun thing was painful for everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was it was painful for everybody involved. So if you want to be smarter than a Capri Sun package, head to MSU Denver online. I'm sure they have a course that can help you learn how to uh, open a Capri Sun. They also have other probably more valuable courses to your adult life that you can check out today. You can register for summer classes now. They are available. Jump on it. Get into some classes that you've been looking to take. They will help you not only in college, but in the real world as well, as almost all of the teachers come from the field they teach in. It's a great opportunity to network as well. Highly recommend it. If you have any questions, feel free to hit us up. Myself, Allie, Harrison have all taken classes there. So just let us know. And uh, yeah. All right. Third period <laughs> of the DNVR Avalanche. People just podcast. joining the show at random points. This is so ridiculous. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, 
the other topic that I really did want to get into today was the future of review in sports. Okay. Because nobody seems to like it in any sport. Uh, You know, sometimes it's okay in basketball, I guess. That seems to be the one where it has the least impact. But we've talked about goalie interference and offside. Everybody hates it in the NHL. The NFL's catch reviews have led to chaos, and no one actually knows what a catch is in that league anymore. You know, I'm old enough to remember Bert Emanuel. Did he catch it or did he not catch it uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And that was one of the things that got them going on the catch reviews, and it's only been a disaster ever since. And then you have baseball reviewing. Started with the home runs, yeah, which needed to happen. Sure. That needed to happen. But now you're reviewing, like, any time a player thinks a guy took his foot off the bag or. Yep. Like, the so those are the ones that violated the spirit of the rule. Yep. And we're enforcing the, like the letter of the law, but not at all what they were intended for. Right. Or managers were just any play that was close like that. They started reviewing because they started figuring out that you could catch a guy for a split second where, you yeah. know, part of his body was transferring or popped off the bag yep. for a half a second and because he was holding the tag on it, it totally went against what it was intended to do. Um, which is, which is one of those things where it, it reinforces every slippery slope fallacy bullshit argument that exists where it's like, okay, well, so this happened and then, all right, well, let's go back now and let's fix this. And then where baseball hasn't gone far enough is that we don't have robo lumps yet. I right. Because baseball is the one that could, legitimately do it yeah at at very least for balls and strikes but yeah and and you run into the protecting the players conversation as well with uh second base yeah well and now you see those guys wear those huge clubs on their hands yeah so that they go sliding in because they don't slide in with their legs anymore right because when your legs crunch up they bounce up off of the bag for half a second so the guy holds the tag on there, and then he he gets called out. So now they all slide in arm first, and because they were having injuries, you know, breaking fingers and shit all the time, now they have these huge clubs that they wear when they go running, you know, and that's, the, you know, of course, it's for the 10 times that a team tries to steal a base, but... But, I mean, is Robo-Umps the future of, of every league? Like I don't see how. I don't see how a robo ump could be the future in the NHL. So you can't you can't go completely robo, correct? But we're already starting to see the tracking come into the NHL. You can microchip players, you can microchip the puck. Can you oh, damn a- you Bill Gates? <laughs> Get your vaccines, folks. Uh, can you can you then have a laser on the blue line? Can you have a robotic system that tracks offside? You should. You should have a laser at the blue line. You should have a laser at the goal line. line. Yeah, you should have a... uh, You should have a chip in the puck. Yeah. 
I just I, don't I, tell. I, to be honest, you just can't tell the players because if you tell them there's a chip in it, they'll complain that the puck is different. Don't don't tell anyone. Treat the review process exactly <laughs> the same way you have, but it'll suddenly be way faster because the refs can just call Toronto and Toronto will be, yep, it was this. Done. Mm-hmm. Especially now that they've changed the offside rule to where it's the plane of the blue line and none of that stupid foot off the ice junk anymore. So there was actually a review the other day. I don't remember what game I was watching. Um, oh, it was Florida Tampa Bay. And that game got wild, by the way. Wow. Dude, Florida is a fun team to watch. Yeah, the, that game was really fun. But they disallowed a Frank Vetrano goal because. Mackenzie Weger had jumped up at the blue line and batted the puck out of the air. And it was a five-second review. They went in. They looked at it once. It was clearly offsides. And then they came back. And then, boop, done. Like, that's exactly how the review process should work. If you cannot tell cleanly within just a few seconds, I would say three camera angles, if you can't tell cleanly, you let it go. That because at that point you're 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 splitting the atom. Literally, the system was implemented because Matt Duchesne was eight feet offside one time. Yeah. So that's I what was it was that trying game. to prevent. Yeah. That game was weird. <laughs> so yeah, did agree. There there has to be a reasonable time frame for these type of things, and. You know, I think hockey is lucky. Hockey has never been a sport that has struggled with run times of games. We've seen that happen to pretty much every other sport of the big four. Mm-hmm. Baseball being the most egregious, of course. But hockey gets away with it a little bit more, I think, because the games don't take that long. Well, and... I mean, okay, so the Avs have played 30 games this year. How many reviews have we sat through for the Avs? I can't even think of one. Like, one actual challenge review. There have been a couple where they, like, are confirming the goal went in the net, but... It just hasn't been very extensive. And so I think that's one thing where people are like, this isn't such a huge problem. Is because it's, you know... (laughs) It's not something that you see every single night. Yeah, that's true. I do I do think that the offside review I don't like the idea of just get rid of it. Because we they you like the ability to review major penalties, the the ability to review high sticks. Last night we saw the high stick review in place. It was a good review. It was an obvious one, but you want to get that call correct. It was a good, it was it, that that review process is in place for a reason because we've seen major, major shifts in, in important games where there just wasn't anything in place in, in the rules for them to reverse and what was clearly a terrible, terrible call. So, you know, the offside review, you know, the look at the Landeskog thing. Do we even do we do, do we even still know if that was offsides or not? I still haven't seen a definitive look either way. There are people out there that want to pretend like it was an obvious look and Landis got blah 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 blah. I'm I'm still unconvinced on that call. I mean, I still you... think that goal should have been allowed because you can't you can't tell. There is not it for as far as I know. I haven't seen a camera angle 
that was a hundred percent definitive. It was this or it was that. To your earlier point, um, if you're going to split atoms with your review process, you should have eight K cameras on every camera. Oh my god! To, to actually define that, then it it cannot be the first camera made. Yeah, exactly. You have to have the tools to do the job, as Manscaped would say. Yep. So, so some conflicting stuff going on there, to say the least. Yeah, some but, self-defeating stuff. Oh, hey, we're going to put an off-site review, but our blue line camera is going to be terrible. Yep. So, yeah. I don't know. There's there's a lot of, a lot of different angles to this. It's a great sport. Could be even better. Exactly. Fixes that they could be along the way. That's a very good way to put it. I think we'll leave it with that for today's show, unless you have final thoughts here, AJ. No, I think I'm good. Right. I'm really excited for this Vegas series. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. Uh, it starts tomorrow. Hopefully I'm feeling a little better. But, yeah, uh, everybody making NPR jokes today. Yeah, I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. It's, uh, it's the way it goes. Yeah, you... Your, th- your throat's all torn up, and it wasn't even Denathrius this week. Oh, Jesus. It was the Manscaped reads. That's right. <laughs> all right. Before I say something, I'm going to regret. No, no. It, I don't think anything changes with the referee. Tim it Peel, is, this Tim Peel, won't, this won't change a, a thing. It is not COVID, thankfully. My test came back negative. I just have a normal cold and a feel awful. So... At least I got that going for me. Uh, thank you for watching. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Really appreciate all of y'all watching live or after the fact or listening in the podcast format. Be sure to uh, check out our other content as well, both here on YouTube and on the DNVR.com. Other than that, big game tomorrow, Avs versus Vegas. You know you can catch us live afterward right here on this YouTube channel. So, I guess that's going to do it, and we will see you guys then.